Today on Bingers Assemble, we are back to Altered Carbon, Season 2, Episode 1. We have new actors. We're on a new planet. Matt, what in the world is going on? All that and more after this ad we have no control over. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Bingers Assemble. My name is Matthew Carroll. I'm Matthew S. Fox. Well, back to Alter Carbon. I'm really excited to be back. We, we, we had to take a few days off because of uh, life stuff, but we're back. Um, and I am super pumped. Um, I did not spoil this for you, but the one thing I knew about this show was I knew the actor that Kovach, that plays Kovach uh, in season two. I knew that they changed the actor and I knew that it was uh, Falcon. <laughs> One of the hardest things about creating ongoing shows and ongoing um, stories and continuity is getting the actors, you know? Like, there have been a couple of moments in Daredevil or, like, MCU shows where it would have made perfect sense for one of the actual Avengers to show up. But, you know, why is Robert Downey Jr. going to do 20 minutes on a single episode of a Netflix show? Like, it's not going to happen. Here, they've kind of created a writer's dream of who cares what actor you can get. You can get any actor to play any character because you always just stick them in a new body. Absolutely. And part of me wonders, like, could they not get that actor back or did they make an intentional choice to go with a different actor? Um, But either way, I think it's adding so much depth to the world, you know, because the last time we were watching this, we were still thinking of it in terms of like, okay, well, who's the real Kovach and who's like, you know, the person where that's just the body that he's wearing at the moment. But now it's like, nope, this is a totally new body, but yeah. that, that is the real Kovach, and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, man, me too. And, and it's, there, there, there's a few things that I find really interesting about it, and that's like, I find it really interesting that the character is different. I feel like Kovach has changed. Clearly, it's a different actor, and I think some of that is just due to the fact that he is different. Uh, it's being played by a new performer, but uh-huh. I like the way he reacted to things was just a little different. I don't feel like this is... Um, in a lot of in a lot of worlds where they do these kind of recastings, the the actor really invests in like um, a sort of imitation of the previous actor. I yeah. don't think they did that here. Um, Anthony Mackie's doing very much his own thing. Yeah, I, I think that's true. It would be one thing if um, the new sleeve had just taken over like a day after you know exactly. season one ends. They allowed it. Thirty years have passed. Yeah, thirty years have passed. And he has spent those 30 years, like, hunting down, trying to find Falconer. Mm-hmm. And so it's a double thing of where you're not sure how much of this version of the character is because of, you know, it being a new sleeve, and how much of it is because 30 years have passed, he spent 30 years on this failed quest, um, he has, you know, no one kind of takes him seriously. Like, it, it, it's such an interesting thing of, like, wh- where where is the change coming from? And I'm I'm... It's breaking my brain on some level to try and imagine, like, that we just, all these characters are completely divorced from their physical appearance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm loving the way we're exploring it. It, it. it makes me laugh really hard because as we left season one, one of the things that we talked about was how bad much we we're going to miss Poe. Um, and I, I kind of thought we were going to get a season two with a lot of the same actors. I knew Anthony Mackie was coming, so I kind of knew that. And I knew that she, he was giving back his sleeve to um, uh, Riker. To, uh-huh. to get his to get his sleeve back, so I I, I was just kind of thinking we'd get a lot of the same characters, but Poe's dead. That's what I kept like Poe's dead. So I guess we're losing Poe, um, possibly. I was I was we were talking about how you know, man, that he's one of my favorite things about the show, and it feels like the writers went, no, he's our favorite thing about the show. We'll lose everything else by jumping thirty years in the future, but Poe is the only thing we're keeping. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of amazing, um, and and I I like though because. You know, we talked before about how, on the one hand, Poe being the kind of character he is, it makes sense that, like, it would make sense if he wasn't really dead because he he lives in the AI and, and he can sort of exist anywhere. But also, they clearly tried to give us the moral weight of him dying, and it would feel kind of weird if, like, there had been no moral weight to it. And I, I kind of love the way they threaded the needle because the result we get is Poe is still alive, but, but it's kind of like he had, like, a traumatic brain injury, you know? Like, there's mm-hmm. serious things that are happening to him. He's glitching, and he's, his memory is going. And I, I just think that's such a nice way of, yes, he's an AI. Yes, he doesn't die the way you and I would think of it. But that emotional scene we showed you did have consequences, even if it's not total death. Yes, and also, I think that having an AI that doesn't always remember everything about Kovach, that has this vague sense of Kovach but doesn't know him fully because of the character that we know Kovach is. Uh, we talked about it last season, how the scene with himself where he's talking to himself resleeved was the first time we'd really seen him talk to somebody really honestly. Yeah. And I think the fact that Poe is damaged and Poe doesn't hold on to everything about Kovach and it, there's almost a randomness to it allows him to open up to uh, Poe as a friend in a way that he doesn't other people. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting choice to give him this companion that he uh, he clearly has great affection for him. He carries him on his neck everywhere, but he also, you know, he's not a human being and right. he's not, and he's damaged in a way that allows, allows Kovach to have sort of like deniability. There's something that resonated with me about that, comparing that to how he only really opened up to himself last season. Yeah, I, I think that's true, especially because like last season, you know, often the main character has like the sidekick in part as an exposition machine and as a like, here's the way I'm going to give the audience uh, a view into my inner monologue is by saying it to my, to my best friend. Um, or to my traveling companion. You know, it's the whole basis of buddy cop shows. Yeah. Um, and for most of the first season, one of the ways I really felt like that we're making clear that Kovach never got that close to someone is that there was so much literal just internal monologue that it was literally just um, Kovach talking to the audience or, you know, hearing the thoughts in his head. What I like is that here we have a lot less of that because he's much more using Poe as that you know, thoughts in my head machine, but still not completely. There are still some internal monologues where he's not sharing this thought with Poe. He's sharing it just with us, the audience. Um, mm. And I, I really like that as a, as a storytelling technique. And I'm going to be curious to see as the season goes on, does that balance of how much he talks to Poe versus how much he talks to himself, does that change? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, 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 I'm fascinated by him carrying Poe around his neck. And also I'm fascinated by the fact that he's a, uh, okay, so a couple things we know. We know this, he was the singer in this bar, right? Right. We also know the bartender is complaining of this ghost hanging around and like this, uh, this rogue AI. And she says, if I ever find that emitter, I'm going to smash it. Right. Um, so how long exactly was Kovach singing in this bar? <laughs> I'm guessing maybe like six months to a year. <laughs> yeah. No, I just love that idea. I just yeah. wanted to point that out that like, it seemed like it was just a, tr- a nice trick for the audience, but Kovach has been sing a, a like lounge singer for a while. <laughs> well, but we don't even know that. I mean, it's entirely possible that like four or five different people have come into this bar all wearing something on their, on their hip, you know? What do you mean? I mean, um, it's possible that Kovach has had four or five different sleeves, sleeves. Sure, sure, over sure. the cu- course of a year, each one, had, each one of whom was wearing the emitter. And maybe that's even part of why the, the, the bar manager is having so much trouble finding the emitter. Yeah, I just love the idea that, that in this world, Kovach has resigned himself to being a lounge singer for a while. Because why not? <laughs> if you have you know, seems possible. unlimited life, which I love the... The idea they have here, unlimited future, but it also means unlimited past. And the, the, the ghosts that will haunt you uh, from your past and the mistakes yeah. you've made and the horrible things you've done and then not letting you go and the losses that you've had. Like, it, it, this was interesting. It was mostly done, as you said, in the um, voiceovers, but it was interesting mm-hmm. exploration of this technology from a completely different perspective. We're not We're not talking about, like, failing morality at this we we are in some ways and that one um the yakuza boss says talks about how he suspects the spirit is being degraded as mm. they change bodies yeah i i love that we're getting into that you know i, I think i actually mm-hmm. brought that question up um towards the end of last season this idea of you know is there anything that holds the body and the mind together in terms of a spirit or a soul and what's happening to that um and I love that we're not trying to, like, midichlorians it. We're not trying to, like, have a scientific explanation. But that there is some understanding of there being something beyond just the, the those two pure essences of, of the body and the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I just loved everything about um, the scene with, um, what, what was the name of the, the Yakuza man who he, he, he asks the favor of? I, I can't remember. Okay. But that whole scene of, like... Him starting a fight, him him reciting the death poem, him intentionally losing so as to gain an audience, and this guy immediately, once he figures out who it's Kovach, like, knowing all of that. Knowing there's just, like, no chance that his idiot great-grandson could have actually won this fight. Knowing that it's totally because Kovach has just played them from moment one. Yeah, um, that was beautiful. I, 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 I just loved that. And I loved, like, I like seeing enemies who have a respect for each other. And can find a way to work together. And so I really liked that moment between Kovach and the Yakuza guy in terms of figuring out how they can be, how they can help each other. Another thing you had mentioned last season was the idea of muscle memory or, or the body remembering. We've talked about that with the, with the characters that um, fell in love and whether that love can have that sort of muscle memory to it. Um, or at least two two bodies can be attracted to each other, even if the two stacks are different. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
so we've talked a lot about that. Well, in this episode, we got a, a push to the extreme with this. Um, I forget the the term he used, but it, when he stabs himself, state state dependent memory is what he called it. Right. Um, and he stabbed himself so that he would remember what happened in the in that room. And apparently, Kel attacked him. So Kel is apparently around, at least in his um, dependent memory state. <laughs> and she says, "I'm not here for you." I had no idea what was going on okay. in that whole last season. I. I I get that he was trying to remember something. I wasn't quite understanding what he was trying to remember or or where what was happening there. So when he broke out of the uh, little ch- the the basin or whatever it was in the beginning of the episode, uh, when he when he first lands on um, this world, I forget the name of the world at the moment. Uh, Heart Heartland's world or Har- Harlan's world. That's it. Mm-hmm. When he lands on Harlan's world, he gets needle cast there, and he's supposed to get out and sit and rescue this meth. But everyone's already been attacked, and they're all bleeding on the floor. And then someone attacks him from behind, and he doesn't remember who, and he's it's it's not in his brain. But then he, she stab whoever it is stabbed him in the chest, and he stabs himself in the chest to awaken his state dependent memories. To remember, maybe that he would remember something that he okay. had forgotten, um, which I guess isn't. Uh, that is actually a thing. Um, that's actually a true thing, uh, a, a psychological thing that happens to people. Did you know that they've done studies um, where if you are if you learn something sober, you do better on the test sober. But if you learn something drunk, you do better <laughs> on the test drunk. Yeah, that's what state dependent memory is, and so they took it to the extreme here, where he stabbed himself in the chest to get back to the to the to the mental and the pain and the anguish and the mental state he was in, so that he could remember more about that moment. And I'm guessing that's an envoy trick. Yeah, that he knows. Yeah, I'm gonna want to learn more about that. Um, I, I definitely also thought kind of cool. Um, one more question from last season that we had. Um, they specifically said that the elders are extinct. They um, did, but they also said that the elders have these satellites up above this planet that won't allow people there, yeah. or won't allow the protectorate to land, which may, makes Harlan's world a strategic thing. And it's also, they said half of the alloy that creates the stacks came from this planet, was mined on this planet. Th- that was what I was going to say, is like, what we learned is that according to what they believe, the elders are extinct. They said yes. it in a way that made me think, almost definitely we're going to learn by the end of the season, the elders are very much not extinct. Well, they also zoom, they zoom in on that uh, elder fossil, and it like starts to rattle. Um, right. With, with a rattlesnake rattle. And it was like, oh, so they're doing something there. They're definitely like teasing the idea that these elders may come back. But also, it made me think, if they put uh, apparently weapon, weaponized satellites above Harlan's world... To pr- and, and, and so that the protectorate can't get there, can't land. So I guess they only can needle cast in. I, it doesn't. It isn't really clear what these satellites are doing. That we know they're weaponized and they're p- keeping the protectorate out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, a lot of the political stuff was very quick. There's so much exposition in this episode. There's not a lot to analyze because I felt like this was a very big exposition dump, and some of it yeah. I did not exactly get. But there's these satellites, and they're preventing, which made me think. You know, we talked about um, what do the elders think of the stack technology. It made me think like maybe the elders discovered stack technology. It's the the alloy only really exists on this world, 
And they were like, mm-hmm. we don't want anyone else discovering this. And we're going to, to like surround it with weaponized satellites to keep people out. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, it's, 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 I think they're setting up a lot of fun things. Um, it, to me, the last big question was, who from season one do you think we're getting back? Like, do you think the idea is that they're all gone and it's just gonna, like Poe is literally the only same actor hmm. and it's a whole new set of stories and a whole synetic character, whole new set of characters? Or do you think we will get in some form or another, you know, like Ortega or or some of those others coming back, even if not as main characters, but just as, um, you know, occasional uh, like drop ins? I really hope we get people back. I don't know if we'll get same actors back because it's 30 years later. And so they will have any actor they bring back, they will have to explain why their sleeve was on ice for 30 years right. or, or age them up somehow. The one actress that I think we will absolutely see back is, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember her name. Now the girl who Poe helped mm-hmm. the girl they taught to fight. Who's living in the synth body. I think there's, there's a hundred percent chance we'll see her again. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. I, I'd like to get Vernon back, but then I guess also, like, his story with his, like, he was reunited with his family, and maybe he had sort of, like, a, a nice real closing to the whole thing. Sure. Um, yeah, I would like to get him back, too. I, I'd like to see all of them. I'd really love to see Ortega. I'd really like to meet Riker uh, in that body. Like, I'd love to see oh, that actor yeah. come back for one episode. Did you watch Kovach talk to Riker? Yeah. And Ortega's head exploding as she's yeah. watching it? Yeah. Like, two ex-boyfriends talking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love that. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good stuff. So the stuff that was pretty confusing in this episode was all the political stuff. And I really, yeah. I actually watched that scene three times um, with the governor because I was just like, I don't really understand what's going on here. There's some sort of war between the, the Kel followers. So followers of Kel who apparently still exist. Like right. basically the, the spiritual successors of the envoys are fighting on this planet, um, and we learned this planet is of its strategic value with the alloy, and that the protectorate is sending a colonel, and uh, the governor is trying to resolve the issue before the colonel gets there, or or so that the colonel will leave. We, they weren't very clear right. with that. So yeah, um, that's I guess we'll get that more fleshed out in a future episode. That reminded me a lot of how I felt watching the cop storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the first season, which ended up being the resolution to the whole story, and I think there's a little bit of a storytelling trick happening there, where they're like, "Yeah, we set it all up in the first episode. I mean, we made it kind of background stuff that we t- said real fast." Yeah, I, I think I'm going to wind up wanting to go back and rewatch this episode, certainly at the end of the season, and then, but probably after like episode four or five, because I think like it, it it dropped a lot of hints that we don't really have any context for, but then once we do, it's mm-hmm. all going to make a lot more sense. Yeah, there's so many fun, weird Easter eggs in the background of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was like a weird action movie back there. Also, I it was only on screen for maybe one frame, and I'm like not exaggerating. It was like it was well probably like two or three frames, but I could have sworn there's a Thanos head in the sky. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh man, and especially it being Anthony Mackie who just played in that uh in that sandbox but there's a scene uh in the in the city i like it looks so much like thanos that i i like i paused it and rewound it and kept trying to like narrow it down on that shot um if i can find it interesting here okay. i will send you a screenshot i don't think i got much more to say on this episode but i'm just i'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm excited to, uh to our audience it's mostly been my fault we've uh, had to take a long break um i was moving 
So a lot of the last week has been um, uh, just a lot of work, but also I had to have my computer packed away. But um, I, I told my fiance that, yes, there's a whole bunch of other boxes still to do, but I had to unpack my computer, get back to this so I could uh, get back to watching and recording. And I'm, I'm glad to be doing it. I'm looking forward to uh, on Friday, we will be back to uh, a regular live schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh uh, one thing I, I thought was really interesting in this episode. Did you hear the true freedom lies in renunciation line? Yes. Yeah, the sort of new version of an evangelist. It, well, yes, but he, what is he evangelizing? It seems like he's evangelizing giving up your sleeve, right? I, I, am I wrong? I wasn't sure. I, I, I think that was definitely it, but I wasn't sure if he meant like go live an AI life or he meant like you know, just live, it was kind of a new version of the Neo-Cs in some way. Interesting. Yeah, well, see, I do think it's a some sort of religious type situation, but to me, renunciation and also the fact that he is a hologram himself, uh, to me, that seems like what he's trying to say there is... It, it's a rights for a- AIs or like, you know, synthetic in- intelligent life and things like that. Oh, no, I was th- I was thinking they're, they're trying to get people to give up their sleeves, uh, to give up their, their human bodies. And, and it seemed almost uh-huh. like, it seemed like, like you said, like it seemed like a religious thing. Um, and to me, that reminded me of my theory in the first, I still have, and I still think this is possible, but in that first season, I kept pointing out the fact that these like religious orders and stuff are trying to convince people to not use their sleeves and someone is benefiting from all these sleeves that are being available. Um, yeah. And the first season it ended true. up being something else, but, uh, yeah, this seems the same way. Like if you re- renounce your sleeve and get rid of it. Uh, who does that sleeve go to? Does it go in? Does, who is that helping? Uh, I'm just so suspicious of all mm-hmm. these weird religions in, in this world. <laughs> well, and I liked that early on we got introduced to the idea of, um, you know, that a sleeve cannot be perfect. Like that that scene with the, the woman who's going after him uh, early on, who um, in the bar, who's like complaining about how her sleeve isn't perfect, you know, and that... Um, you know, that, that she can't taste things well, she can't smell things well. Um, yeah. I, I like just getting that little bit of, like, what's the difference between a, 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 a synthetic sleeve versus a, like, I guess, real human sleeve. Well, it's also the quality of the sleeve, too, because, uh, obviously, Liz, Lizzie is her name. She has that very cool synthetic sleeve that does all these neat things. Um, and, and then she cu- keeps saying how the neurons are busted up in, in this sleeve and like mm. it's just it, it's just like she's got a rundown sleeve and it, you know in the yeah. first season we had a lot of different biological sleeves that were like either really nice or really run down in the very first episode uh in the very first moment where we really introduced the idea of sleeves they give that young girl a the middle-aged woman sleeve and they say she's supposed she's six years old you know that that whole yeah. scene and it's like it's the idea of what you get on a budget. Yeah. Body modification um, is, is this show is all about that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at that picture you sent me. Honestly, I don't see Thanos. What I see is um, I- I'm, I'm not a, um, a big Fantastic Four guy, but who's the person who's made all of rock in the Fantastic Four? The Thing. The yeah. Thing. Yeah, that's actually who I see. I don't see Thanos. Interesting. I Yeah, now that I see it freeze-framed, I don't see it as much. Because I was yeah. watching it on TV, I couldn't really freeze-frame. But now that I'm on my computer, I freeze-framed it. It doesn't look as much. I still think everything from like the lip up looks like Thanos. Um, mm-hmm. And it was only on screen for like a half a, half a second, if that. And so I was like, what was that? Why is Thanos in the sky? <laughs> Just yeah. a big stone statue of a guy who kind of looks like Thanos. Thanos without the weird chin. Oh, I really liked the line in the very, in the very first bar scene. I really liked... I liked the whole who is Kovach thing. 
Yeah. yeah. How was that from your perspective? Because I knew who Kovach was going to be. It was it was a mix because I was um, it, it it brought up actually the point that like I thought it was a fun scene, um, and I kind of liked. It. On the one hand, um, it, it brought up again the frustration that I know you've talked about that I also have of what in a world where it's so easy for any person to be in any sleeve. How is it that you still trust visual identification as a way to tell who somebody is? Because yeah. it's so easy to fake now. Why is someone not figured out a better way to do actual like verification of who a person is? But as annoying as that was, I liked the idea that the guy dropping off the money was sort of like, yeah, I have no idea which one of you is Kovach. I'll never have any idea. I'm not going to try and figure out who it is. Y'all just fight about it. And if it's the wrong person, I don't care. Um, I, I kind of liked that attitude of just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but it turned out his actual goal was to get Kovach to fight for the money so he could blow Kovach up. Mm. That was actually a bomb that he placed, and he palmed the actual money. Oh, okay. I, I missed that part with a bomb. Okay. Yeah, so he, he said, uh, you left you left a, an empty case in there, and then the building exploded, and Kovach says, okay, not so empty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's so many good one-liners in this episode. I really loved, um, <laughs> I, I just like Anthony Mackie's delivery of jokes, and yeah. um, I really loved, she said, uh, we'll, we'll get you a brand new sleeve on this world, and you'll, everything will be fine, and he says, it better be a good one. I always wanted to play piano. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is great because he's been singing in a lounge for all this time. Uh, so apparently last time he, I just love that Kovach is 30 years on. He's like taking the time instead of getting military upgrades, he's getting these musical sleeves. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I totally imagine that like, yeah, a year ago or six months or five years, whatever it was, he was like, Hey, you know, make me a singer this time, you know? Yeah. And maybe in like five years, it's going to be like, make me a painter, you know? I mean, like, yeah. just, and that seems appropriate to the character. Like he has his goal, but he's also not, he still wants to, like, just continue to, like, grow and learn as a person. Well, it's also um, the exasperation shown on Poe's face when he brings up Kel. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he had already lost hope. Like, it's been 30 years. I think he lost hope in finding Kel. And the fact that this guy brought her, like, I think, he, you know, obviously he still wants to find her. He's still looking. Right. But, like, I don't think he's actively every day looking. And then this guy came to him with, like, hey, I found her. And then she, he's like, oh, well, I guess I need to explore that. And Poe's like, not again. Poe had this face yeah. like, oh, we've done, we've been through this. She, she, you don't know if she's even out there. I don't mind when, when shows take an existing trope and kind of play with it a bit. And, and yeah. I think one of the defining parts, like it's, it, to some extent now, Kovach and Poe are on like the buddy cop movie idea, you know? And, um, not even the cop idea, but you know, that, that kind of like the, the bromance show. And one of the defining traits of that often is that one of them is on like a quest of some kind and the other is starting to get tired of it. And it's kind of like, you know, like you said, rolling their eyes with it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like seeing like, okay, what happens if it's a dude and his AI, you know, um, it, 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 it's a fun one, I think to watch explored. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I look forward to seeing how sentient Poe is because it seems almost like he gets getting reset and not remembering things. And I wonder, you know, a big part of sentience is that continuity of, of your being, you know, like you are who you are and you've been that and you have continuity of who you are. And if he's constantly being reset and forgetting things and like, 
is that why Kovach is comfortable with him? You know what I mean? Because clearly Kovach cares about Poe. I'm excited to see them explore his AI sort of rights and personhood a little bit more, which they've done a little bit, but they, I think they will continue to do that. If this mm-hmm. season's anything like the last season, and I loved last season, so. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, I think uh, I think I'm good. It's um, you know I'm looking forward to getting this back up and uh, getting back on the regular schedule. Yeah, this is exciting because we're I think we're gonna be able to finish season two in three weeks, just like we did season one. Um, and so you guys join us. We'll be just starting back up Friday at 11 a.m. with the uh, Netflix party for the patrons, and then noon for the uh for the live cast of the podcast and you can all hop on and be involved in the twitch stream and all that stuff so all right guys thank you so much for joining us we'll be back soon peace have a good night bingers assemble is a part of the stranded panda network to connect with us search your favorite social media platform for bingers assemble or go to strandedpanda.com slash bingers while there you can find more from your host today and the rest of the stranded panda network Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.